hey, the following is a release of Stranger Things 2, Chapter 2, Trick or Treat, in anticipation for our coverage of Stranger Things Season 3, Dibs on Skins. It's like home, but it's so dark and empty. What's it mean? 11. Friends don't play. Stop it! You're freaking her out! She's freaking me out! The upside down. Do you understand what he's talking about? No. I found the chocolate bunny! Oh god, please tell me it's not the kid. I need you to hide! Warnings are for coffee and contemplation. Holy shit. Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the number one Stranger Things podcast. What is Stranger Things, Steve? Stranger Things is a hit show on Mm. Netflix. That's what it is. You're darn tootin'. Uh, What we do typically on this show is we watch each successive episode of Stranger Things, and we hop right on the mics and talk about it, do an extensive, detailed recap, talk about our favorite moments, and then go on a little Easter egg hunt. Uh, and find as many cultural references as we possibly can, and where we can't find them, we invent them for your pleasure. <laughs> We're the Trojan of streaming things. Rib for your pleasure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we do have ribs. Anywho, uh, if you have any feedback you'd like to send our show, we would love to read it, and you can do that by sending it to streamingthingspod at gmail.com. And we've got a little contest going on right now. If you rate, review and subscribe to our podcast and take a screenshot of it and email it to streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You register to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you do that by November the 1st. And the reason we need you to screenshot it and email it to us is so that we have your email so that we can then send the card as an e-gift because technology is wonderful, better than the 80s. amazing. Mm, Much like Bob the Brain would be very pleased at the current way we can send uh, e-cards. He'd be geeking out. He wouldn't know what to do. Mm-mm. Just do it all day. He would be like, oh, I don't have a job. Radio Shack's closed. <laughs> <laughs> what I other need... super lame puns can I do that are Dracula related? <laughs> uh, I need that gift card. I'm out of money. <laughs> <laughs> Send it back. Uh, this is chapter two of season two called Trick or Treat Freak. After Will sees something terrible on Trick or Treat Night, Mike wonders whether Eleven's still out there. Nancy wrestles with the truth about Barb. Uh, I stumbled there for a second because they called it Trick or Treat Night, which yeah. I thought was Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it called Trick or Treat Night. On um, Trick or Treat Night. That's, that's one just, of those things like you say Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. I, I like, guess. Hey, can we say Stranger Things are part of the war on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> but Halloween's not religiously affiliated unless you count Satanism, I guess. Uh, no Which, idea. That's not what it's it. That's, boys and girls, that's not what Halloween we is. We just need to go back in time when America was great and we could just say happy Halloween to people <laughs> and not this trick-or-treat night shit. <laughs> Deep political dive there, Steve. I love it. Uh, uh, the show starts out strong uh, with Eleven. Uh, in Upside Down School, which makes it sound like she's learning how to Upside Down. <laughs> um, so we get a little flashback to what had happened. <laughs> what happened with Eleven was dot, 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 this episode. <laughs> what, ha- what happened at the end of season one for her? That's right. right. That is correct, Steve. Thank you for the clarity. We need that on this show. That's and why I'm here. Sometimes I go down these rabbit holes that I think are very clever, but are just nonsensical. So follow along. <laughs> Steve is here to help if you get lost. Um, yeah. 
That's I realized watching that that was Eleven's first time that she'd ever been in the Upside Down because mm-hmm. she's always been in the in between or the Inside Out as I like to refer to it. <laughs> uh, so it was really interesting. She's kind of like Mike, <laughs> you know, because she's never been there, even yeah. though she's like this powerful being. It's really fucked up. And- <laughs> <laughs> Is this where Will was? This is awful. <laughs> what is it, floating? Was it always like this? <laughs> I had two thoughts. One, if you recall at the end of season one, she was extremely exhausted from uh, killing about 11 people. Uh, maybe 12. I don't want to use her name. Yeah, 12. We'll say 12. She definitely, yeah. And she had already exhausted before that. She never got the chocolate pudding. Mm-hmm. And then, from a supine position came to the boy's rescue against the Demogorgon and used a great deal of her power. And now she's stuck in the upside down. I'm thinking like, she's fucking drained. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, also, third thought, I'm just having a couple thoughts today. I'm just a thinker. Uh, I'm a sculpture <laughs> by David. Uh, <laughs> deep dive again, follow along. Uh, so <laughs> normally, like when she snapped the guy's neck in like episode three of season one, she had blood coming from both ears, both nostrils. And we thought that was cool. I don't think she's ever really had, uh, you know, all whole leakage like that with the use of her power since. No, I don't think so. No. I think yeah. just and I won't one. ever refer to it that way ever <laughs> please, again. Please don't. <laughs> Steep space. What's, what is the amount of leakage that Eleven's going through right now? <laughs> That's none of our business. <laughs> so, any hoozy. Uh, she finds a hole uh, to the right side up, which looked a lot like the red window that Will saw his mother through yeah. uh, in yeah. season one. And she's able to see, I guess that was some soldiers that were exploring the school after the kids were rescued. And um, she used a little more powers to clear the bricks away. I feel like she's gotten to a point now, especially in this season, where she overuses her powers. And why wouldn't you? Like, you're a kid. If you have those, I totally would. Like, scratch my balls with telepathically. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's gay. (laughs) You know, or like, when I was a kid, I can remember, like, trying to reach the remote control and it being seven inches out of my way and just be, like, trying. Like, maybe I have powers. (laughs) Maybe I have powers. And I'm just me concentrating. And then I would just get up. Yeah. Just get them. But, uh. We've all tried. She just like moving the bricks. I guess that was something she needed powers for, but she could have just probably cleared it away a little bit with her hands. Yeah. Um, I mean, why wouldn't you? I would. Yeah. I started to bitch about it and then I was like, I totally would do that (laughs) for sure. Uh, So then she gets back through the hole and she's back in the school right in the middle of that little paw print there. I love Eleven's uh, business face when she's very concentrated on a power. Normally she uses it to uh, enact revenge against some sort of bully or antagonist. Mm -hmm. And that's an epic, but she did it with the brick wall. Like she had that like sneer and the glare, like fucking bricks, <laughs> bricking up my hole. I'm trying to get out of here. I don't know. I just thought, I love that face. Do you guys remember, is that the same point of entry that the Demogorgon popped through? When no, it came, it came in through the ceiling in the classroom. I mm. recall. Well, I mean like when, cause when it attacked the soldiers in the hallway, Oh, we didn't see where yeah, it came it just in, did we? showing up all over the place. I remember that, because the hole that she's coming through, like the, the portal that she's popping out of, um, is right in the middle of the the, the, the paw print mm-hmm. that's painted on yeah. the wall. But I, and oh. I remember that paw print from season one, but I can't remember if that's where it was, if that the Demogorgon came out of, or, is that, or if that's just a new manifestation that they're capitalizing on. We could uh, go back and give it a look. Give it a little, little look-see? Give it a little look-see. Uh, so she wasn't in the Upside Down that long at all. Also, here's I only said two of my three thoughts. So if she disassembled her atoms and ended up in the Upside Down, 
we're still assuming that she killed the Demogorgon, but wouldn't all it have done is also put him back in the upside down or it possibly. I think it's pretty dead. I know, but I mean, they're not explaining why very well as we're getting that or, 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 or much like the problem with teleportation. Mm -hmm. If you disassemble your atoms and recreate atoms, are you truly the same person? No. <laughs> yeah, it's a thinker. Uh, moving on. <laughs> I liked, um, the on a serious note, some some very hardcore, overt uh, rebirth imagery. I mm. felt like she very much had a coming out of the womb vibe to me, especially the way that they shot it. Just kind of sliding right out there, a whole new she's person. A whole new eleven. Yeah, M- not in the <laughs> metaphysical way Steve was referring to. <laughs> But I mean, her character has grown. She's gone through a milestone now. Now she's ready to seek a family and some sort of assimilation. And it's gone through a trial or two. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Some very strong rebirth imagery there Those for me. Special effects have uh, stepped up a notch since the last season. Oh, for yeah. sure. The whole like. And there's like actually like a placenta sack thing that she's pushing through. Uh-huh. Oh, there's know? definitely like, an improvement in the goo. Oh, the, the goo. goo is very much improved. However, there's one shot uh, where she's running around the school yelling for Mike. It's a tracking shot from behind that I thought looked terrible. In the upside down sequence? In the upside down, yeah. You're high. Because she's running and she like kind of turns to go down a corner, but the camera movement and her body movement isn't moving at the same way that the, the ground that she's on is moving. So you can tell she's like not there. Oh, it's really? totally green screened. I didn't At least catch that's, that. That's what I picked up on. I watched that. It's just one shot. All the other shots look great, but there's one shot in particular. I'm like, that was bad. I even wrote down stupid good shots. <laughs> just, well, most of them are. There's one like when in she's particular. She's looking through the window with the red light yeah, on her that face. One's good. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Somebody give that gaffer a high five. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we cut to Mike's house where they're all getting to talking to about how Eleven's not really. She's really a Russian spy, and uh, whatever you guys have been told by this little girl, who most of you have never met, is a lie. And Ted's like, don't worry, we're all patriots here. I totally, 10-4, good buddy. Salute. <laughs> Gives him a salute. Fucking which, Ted. From, by the way, Ted, if you're a Demon patriot, Ted. it's rude to salute at all unless you're in the military. So, <laughs> didn't know if you knew that, Ted. Fucking Ted. Give it one, Andy. Fuck Ted. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I just want to get him in there. We all hate Ted here on the show, streaming things. Now, if you I, like Ted, you can email streaming things now. I feel like their contingency for these people ever spilling the beans is pretty weak. They're like, so you know this is like top secret, right? And, he, and Ted's like, oh, totally. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And it's, it's Say like, no more, sir. <laughs> no, Mr. Ted, I really need to like... To, to tell you the details. No, no, no. Say no more. Wink, wink. I get it, brother. I get it. No, no. sir. I don't think you do. <laughs> I don't think they've ever had a contingency for actually leaving people alive and silencing them before. Right. Um, the s- social work assassin is dead. Mm-hmm. She normally handles all PR. You know. <laughs> yeah. And then it's done. So they come in like, uh, so what do we do? These guys know a lot. You're not going to tell anybody. Right? Marcy usually kills them. Uh, I don't want to do that. No, me neither. So we just tell them to maybe not say anything. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let's try that. That guy looks like a straight shooter. Unorthodox, Samson. <laughs> let's go with it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then we see Mike actually sees Eleven through the window. How did you guys read that scene very quickly 
because uh, it looked like he actually saw her, but maybe he thought he was hallucinating. And yeah, I, I I wasn't sure how to feel about that either because it's just like, look away, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's no. like immediately all the FBI people are like, oh, there's someone outside. I know, it's fan out. Yeah, yeah it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, I didn't so, know. Did he actually see her? Was he f- like? Is it one of those things? Because there's a shot where you see the window, but you don't see her in there. I did. But you do, yeah. Oh, she's there. Okay, I didn't yeah. see her. I she thought it was one of those things is, where it's like, I feel her presence. And then I thought maybe he would thought he, you know, think that he saw her cut back to the window and she'd be gone. Right. But then it cuts to her outside standing there still crying. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, he sees her. Like they are stare down. You know, cut. hey, edit that in there. Uh, edit what in there? Did that. The good and the bad, the ugly. The, the actual song? Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Is that hard for you? <laughs> Minimal payoff. You're right. <laughs> um, I just love editing. You know this from last uh, You episode. love editing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me. I love a good edit. That's what I meant. Hey, Steve, I got some work for you. I just drummed up. You could maybe animate like Pixar style. I gotta see my wife sometime. <laughs> um, okay. So we don't know. We're gonna say he thinks he saw her, but thinks he's crazy for doing that, right? Then we cut to the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life, bar none. Eleven dressed up as a ghost. I love that so much. <laughs> just, just, that's it. Reminds me of kind of like cousin It from the Adams Family. But just less hairy, way cuter. Yeah. Just standing there. He's like, whoa, Jesus, what are you doing? Trick or treat. Ghost. <laughs> ghost. No, I, I know it's a ghost. It's a French toast is what we're doing here. I like waffles. I don't know if you knew this. And trick or treat. So she's trying to convince Hopper to let her grow trick or treating. How does she know about trick or treating? The TV? Yeah, probably the TV. She's watching a lot of it. Yeah, but it's 80s TV. It's like, There's actually a point during the middle of the night where it's, there's no TV on it. Yeah, there's like four you channels. You have to assume that she's watching local news. <laughs> do, we, do we, Steve? <laughs> I mean, it's the 80s. Like you said, there's nothing to watch That's after true. a certain point yeah. except the local there's, news. There's no Judge Judy. No. <laughs> there's no Price is Right, is there? There's probably Price is Right. You think oh, yeah, yeah. Bob Barker was agent. There's probably yeah. Price is Right. Yeah, there's right. definitely Price is Right. <laughs> You're right. That would be great uh, if she's like, I'm, I want to watch Springer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are not the father have you been watching Maury again uh, that was a sick aughts joke alright so <laughs> and I noticed he was putting uh, she was putting syrup on there mm-hmm. so cut back to throwback to season one of streaming things where nobody used syrup they've learned their lesson There's, it's added to the budget she was reborn dude <laughs> <laughs> right. well they're eating toast though right it's French toast. French yes. toast. It's not Eggos. Yeah. So that's maybe true. she wouldn't sully the good taste of Eggo <laughs> with the syrup, but at French toast, it needs it. She treats Eggos like steak. Yeah. You know, it's an insult <laughs> to add the flavor to this if it's done right. If they're still frozen, that's done right. Uh, what if someone wants their Eggo done really well done? Politely ask them to leave. Yeah. That's a sick King of the Hill joke. Sick King of the Hill joke. Oh. Uh, so we. Hopper gives her a little uh, vocab lesson. I guess he's giving her a word every day. So she knows like 14 now instead of four. She's strung a couple sentences together, like yeah. full sentences. Yeah, I'm really proud of her. She's coming a long way. She's a very bright girl. Uh, he tries to teach her compromise. I don't feel like his method was very effective, except for spelling. C-O-M promise. That's not what that means. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure she ever learned how to spell promise. Hopper. Right. <laughs> he's a terrible teacher, but he's a cop. You know what I mean? Um, Halfway happy. That was a pretty cynical 
a hilarious hopper viewpoint on what compromise means. <laughs> yeah. It's like being halfway happy. Yeah. Um, and then that heartbreaking moment where she agrees to just come home. He's going to come home early, bring some candy, and they're going to watch a horror movie, which is presumably, from what I've seen, what they do every night. And that's his version of compromise. <laughs> All right, we're going to compromise. Instead of you going out for the first time in your life, you're going to stay inside, and I'm going to go to work and come home. <laughs> but she, this time, candy. <laughs> she's like... Halfway happy. <laughs> I feel like all the way not happy right now, but I'm trying to learn these words. I did love that a completely adorable hair ruffle that he oh, gives her. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I was like, because oh, he, cute. they know that we all want to do that. Now that she has hair, <laughs> now that she has, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, vicarious cathartic <laughs> hair rub. Uh, cut to Will Will puke peeing. Uh, he's very famous for these short. Uh, urination sessions in this season. Um, we've only seen, by the way, I don't know if you've knew this, we've only seen the first two episodes, even though we're recording now on Sunday is the first time we can meet up. So we're going to do a couple episodes. They should both drop tomorrow-ish, uh, depending on what uh, Steve's got going on with his wife. So uh, <laughs> Big uh, things are happening, guys. Big things. <laughs> so uh, as far as we know, most of you are ahead of us now. Um, but... The first day I noticed a lot on the internet, people were commenting on uh, Will's shortness, uh, you know, of urine uh, that I had commented on the last episode. I was like, that was a really short pee. <laughs> we kind of debated whether they cut toward the end of it. Uh, that was a Prostate big thing. problem. Yeah. yeah. The upside down just fucks you up. <laughs> yeah. That was a big thing on the internet. And so he's, his mom comes in. Joyce is looking for him. And we get a little bit of a uh, Will shouting again. What was the Will call in this episode, Steve? I wasn't counting. No, oh, I think it was like four. So Steve had this segment on season one of streaming things where he would count how many times somebody shouted for Will or where's Will. And uh, it came back with a vengeance. We weren't ready for it. It was like, Will's around. Why would they do that? Yeah. And then he's in the bathroom and apparently non-responsive. So Joyce <laughs> freaks out. Will, where's Will? Jonathan? I don't know. I didn't see him. He's good, my... good call back to uh, episode one of season one. Oh, yeah. yeah straight yeah. up. I'm like, I haven't woken him up yet or whatever he yeah. says. Like it's dead on. Jonathan's yeah. still making breakfast. It's like her worst nightmare. That's all he does. Yeah. I'm a breakfast guy. I love that she barges in the bathroom on Will. Thank God she did it when she did. If she waited like five more seconds, Will's wiener would have been hanging out. <laughs> would it have been though? Probably because it I think... looked like he was just getting ready to go. Like he put up the seat and he was like, oh, good thing you caught me now, mom, because just about to start. <laughs> no, the vibe I got was that he was vomiting upside down slugs. Oh, he probably was. And then he had to go take a pee. Oh, I thought he was going to like puke again. Oh, like, I don't know. He was going to take a shit, guys. <laughs> he had his iPhone out on Pornhub. <laughs> a pig. <laughs> Mom, get out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was sad. Um, and then, oh, we cut to um, the Hopper and Joyce conversation where she finds the sketch of his uh, Thessal Hydra drawing. And she's talking about with Hopper and her having a nice little smoke sesh over the table and he tries to convince her that it is merely PTSD. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which we don't think it is. We all in agreement on that. Will. Yeah. That Will's visions are. Oh, actually... I'm sure he will. <laughs> was, that a... was there a pun there? Yeah, I'm slipping for the pun and struggling. No, no, I'm just thinking like if Will were to survive this entire series that that kid definitely oh, would have oh, PTSD. Will PTSD. There's no doubt. Yeah. But, but what right he's experienced now, now, no, that's real. Yeah, that that's shit's real. really happening. Um, yeah. And then he apparently Hopper smokes filterless cigarettes because he is a machine. Yeah, it's just a badass. And even Joyce's chain smoking ass can't keep up. Um, I am a naive person though. What does that mean? 
Because last episode we had a debate on whether or not there were romantic feelings between Hopper and Joyce. And I was like, no, no, they're just two characters platonically, (laughs) you know, you know, looking out after one another. But this scene, in my defense, though, this is the first scene I've ever gotten super overt. Like, oh, remember that good time when we used to hang out and smoke all the time? Yeah, that's great. Lingering shots of the eyes looking at each other. And then like, remember that time? Six period. You give me a hand job under the stairs. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, and we ran. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, old naive Steve, I tried to tell you. Believing in platonic love. I still think uh, up until this episode, I was in the right. Just saying. No. They you just switch a on me. You were colored by my knowledge. So you saw what was always there. That's what I would argue. <laughs> what do you think, Andy? I don't know. I don't think that there was ever any overt, like, romantic implications in any other character moments up to this point. Like, they're too busy. He's busy, like, detoxing off of Xanax and trying to deal with the loss of his child. And she's trying to find her missing child. So there wasn't a whole lot of... Uh, room for uh, gooey eyes and uh, hand job remembrances so <laughs> I feel like there's only hand jobs I feel like there was only two options guys there was or I'm a genius and I'm cool with either of those I know or that there, might be a false dilemma or, to you or there wasn't and then this season they're like how do we extend the story <laughs> love triangle here oh, we go this happened to, so it's a coincidence I'm sticking with that no, I mean, there was overt <laughs> backstory. Uh, Lonnie disliking Hop, which mm-hmm. gave us the impression that they had had a thing. Uh, Joyce and Hopper back mm-hmm. in the day. Like I said, Hop's a lonely single guy. Joyce is a lonely single mom. Neither of them are like unattractive. I'm more of a Joyce guy myself, but I'm sure many people are attracted to David Harbour. Uh, and I just think, you know, that's the way the world works. Crookies crumble. Chris is like, just give credit where credit's due. Come on. Then we cut to the uh, mom photo montage. Uh, All of them taking pictures of their children uh, in Ghostbuster outfits. Which was Uh, so awesome. Very adorable. Uh, Very well done. Endeared me to all of their parents and especially uh, Lucas's family. His sister's like, what? He's got a sister. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the first we've learned of that. Looking on like nerd. Uh, When your sister, who's got to be eight or nine, is uh, giving you shit about your romantic... Uh, or lack thereof, you know, your love life. Your, yeah, your love life. Then you're you're hit. That's what I think. But I love how uh, their mom scolds her. Like, what, what's the sister's name? Do you remember? No. She says her name. She's like, Shh, be quiet. Like, this is a thing. This is an ongoing thing. That oh yeah. Lucas's sister is always like bringing home girls yet. Nah, probably not. Cause you're a loser. What's the hell? Which struck me as a little odd. I think of the group, Lucas is the most. He's got the most game. Manly, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> He's got the most game. Um, and then they show up to their uh, school with all their costumes on. And nobody else is wearing one. <laughs> which was hilarious. Andy, this is up his alley. He loves other people's discomfort in movies. Like, that's the funniest shit in the world. Or even in real life. Like, if I shit my pants anywhere in public, I call Andy immediately to give him a laugh. <laughs> Anything awkward that happens to me, I'm like, at least this will please Andy. So he was dying over there on the couch. It's just one of the, you know, I've had so many of those experiences in my life. It's just seeing myself in something else, you yeah. know. But he, he turns and looks at the bus of everybody getting out. And at first, I'm like, that's what is it? Like yeah. some girls about to walk out. And then as he's like, we're the only ones that dressed up. 
Walking down the hallways. When do people make these decisions? <laughs> it does. It's hilarious. That's that's probably my favorite joke in the whole series so far. Because I remember that happening. Like that was seventh grade for me. Like, you dressed up and nobody did. I dressed up. Not a lot of people did, but I remember seventh grade being the year of me just constantly walking around, going, "When do people make these decisions? <laughs> why are there clicks now? I don't get it. Yeah, why does everyone seem to know what's going on? I have no clue." <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, I think this season might be funnier so far. Yeah, so than far. last season. The uh, we kind of glossed over it, but the whole I'm supposed to be Vankman. You're Vankman. Why? Like who, mm-hmm. that whole discussion of who's what Ghostbuster. Even that is a hilarious discussion. Yeah, making Lucas the black one. Uh, I'm glad they did that. They went there, <laughs> yeah. and it's very true. You know, what I mean, true to heart with with how things happen, especially in rural Indiana. Yeah, uh, and they did it very well. Um, I was an off color about it. Uh, <laughs> can you edit that in the drums with the <laughs> uh, anyway yeah it's just the whole vibe there is great you think it's moving a little slower though uh, I mean I'm very much engaged but when you said it's definitely funnier by this point than this point last season I mean at this point last season there's multiple deaths way more mystery there's a missing child missing child um, things seem to and maybe have more time for character work now, which I'm yeah. game for. Uh, but yeah, I think it's taking its time this this season. I, I think you're right. It definitely is doing a slow burn. I mean, this season does have one extra episode too, yeah. so they might have more time to play with in the long run. Oh, there, there's nine episodes this time. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. I do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then, um, so, oh, I skipped ahead. This is where Hop and Joy discuss Will and the sketch. She had just found it earlier. Don't let the people know. Hey, man, I saw the look <laughs> on your face, and that's why I started stuttering. Like, Steve's disappointed. <laughs> and I can't handle this. I wasn't disappointed. I was like, shit, where are my notes? My notes <laughs> like, you're like scrambling on the paper. Uh, anyway, we already talked about that. But yeah, apparently they had taken him to a doctor in Chicago, and he at least researched one in Boston. And then they decided, you know what? Let's save money. Let him go back to this terrible, torturous place that we know does evil things. Hawkins Laboratory. That's where the best work's going to be done. Just, they're they're going to be cool about it this time, right? No, I just don't understand. Hop's like, okay, you want to take him? You don't trust the doctor that works for the people that are behind every miserable thing that's happened to us this past year? Or drive him all the way to Chicago once a week? I mean, the gas, am I right? It's like 80 cents a gallon. This is insane. And from Hawkins, which is an imaginary place, it could easily be, what, a two-hour drive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. it could. Uh, there also could be some implications about their, quote-unquote, deal with the government. Like, it's better if they stayed there so Hopper can keep an eye on them and he can protect them. Whereas if they go to Boston, who's to say that the government's not going to be like, ha swoop in, grab the kid and child and mother and Joyce. Grab the child. Plus, grab they the did, child. They didn't have that song yet because it's the 80s. What song? What song? I think I'll go to Boston. <laughs> I guess I'll start a new life. Get my son tested. Is that Jefferson Airplane? <laughs> yes. Um, so, and then Hop tries to tell her, like, look, Joyce, nothing's ever going to be the same. Always the realist. Uh, almost just to the point of cynicism. But he's got some experience in this with his daughter dying and his wife leaving him. Like, things will get better, but you will never get what you had halfway happy Joyce ooh C-O-M promise <laughs> I blew the mic that's how <laughs> impressed I was with Andy there um, and then we get some video footage of the upside down they send in Shepard 2.0 with apparently some uh, uh, very early remote camera technology unless mm-hmm. he was just carrying a camcorder I missed 
uh, Bob's in the back like fuck yeah how's it working there <laughs> it's really Bob supplying them with the camera equipment I got the real distinct impression that that was an easter egg the way that they were shooting uh, the in and out video footage but just couldn't couldn't hack it myself it. Yeah. so yeah I mean that definitely establishes that the the lab has some sort of I don't know, research facility or something that's in the upside down that blew a fuse. So they're changing the batteries on it. And yes. so that's what causes him to review the, uh, the footage of Will yes. talking about the storm because clearly there was some sort of electrical surge that broke their equipment. But what are they doing? What is that equipment? What does it do? And why is that powering everything that's on the right, yeah. in the right side up? Like right. they're still, you know, in the normal world and everything powers back on. It's like, you know, guys, there's an outlet like yeah, right here. <laughs> they could be experimenting with uh, energy from the yeah. upside down or something. But that's something we didn't talk about from the last episode we missed. It was very important. Was the uh, overweight like Jurassic Park guy, the yeah. one that steals the embryos and you know mm-hmm. with the whipped the cream Dennis Nedry guy. guy. Yeah, ah, ah, ah. He didn't ah, say ah, the ah. magic word. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, that ah. guy. He reminded me of him. He's just sitting there with his fucking headphones on, eating Cheetos. <laughs> While he's protecting, like, perhaps the top government secret in the world at this moment and all the lights and shit going on the alarms. And we never talked about that. So apparently all that was was something was tampering with the power source inside of the upside down. Um, And Paul Reiser uh, seemed very worried when he was uh, reviewing the footage of his interview with Will. Uh, I got this distinct vibe that he didn't want to finish the interview because that part where Will says... Mm -hmm. Uh, did you think the creature was going to kill you? And Will's like, no, it's going to kill you, motherfucker. <laughs> and he started squeezing that stress ball. Yeah, he was squeezing that ball. And drumming his fingers <clears throat> and squeezing the ball again. Like, they cut to that a couple of times. I feel like that's going to be, like, one of his little character quirks that we're going to see recurring. Yeah. Multiple Paul Reiser ball squeezes in episode two. That's what I think. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um we cut to Nancy uh, studying with Steve in the library, I believe it was. And she goes up to sharpen mm. her pencil. And classic uh, crank sharpener. Yeah. You know? Back oh, in, yeah. Oh, those were a good time. And then, did it have the different size holes for different size pencils? It looked oh, like yeah. it did, yeah. I it used, had that little head that you can adjust. I used to always crank mine to the fattest style pencil. Pencil? Whoa. <laughs> fattest style pencil. So I could just shove it right in there. Chris, you're not supposed to shove your pimples in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Takes it right off. Um, I, I just re- want to see somebody do what we all did as a kid, which is sharpen it all the way down to where it's an itty-bitty nub. Old Nancy did that. Yeah. Uh, she, she, yeah, by the end of her, yeah. uh, her PTSD moment there. Yeah, it was probably a tiny pencil. And then somebody would have to take the can off and dump out all the shavings, and you get to see those two little wheels. Anywho, I don't know if you've ever done that. It's a hoot. <laughs> Uh, so she thinks she sees Barb over there looking at the uh, bookshelf. So she's really struggling with this Barb thing. I think I hate this plot line. Even what? though it's very true to the character, I just it just takes me completely out of it how much I believe there is such fan service going mm-hmm. on here. Uh, because of the justice for Barb hashtag and that you outcry. You don't want justice for Barb? <laughs> <laughs> you monster. I do. Get out of here, you okay. son of a bitch. Don't let me remind you that my genius comment is even more true this year. Nancy is the justice for Barb. Yeah. If there was a movie sequel to Stranger Things spinoff called Nancy, Justice for Barb, directed by Michael Bay, it would make complete sense to me. That's how true. (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? She even says a line that just echoes the public sentiments. And it was so blatant that it just took me out of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, fans. I just am. She's like, 
She was nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, everyone just forgot about her. You know what I mean? And like, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I still like it because this season, at least in the early goings on, seems to be the big focus of it is everyone dealing with last season and mm-hmm. like they're overcut they're dealing with this PTSD like that's a big thing that they introduced Will's got it Mike has it Nancy has it like everybody is like fucked up from the last season I kind of like that they're actually addressing these no, issues sure. of these young people who mm-hmm. like are just messed up by it and they're trying to figure out how to live their life and um, I mean this is a later scene earlier but Nancy goes on to talk about like I hate how everyone's just pretending and like nothing happened and sure I just uh, that's something that would happen in a small town I think like if like oh we found the kid uh, Barbara and away I would hate <laughs> it if this was her season arc like it's all about coming to terms with Barb and like finally telling her parents or something because that would just you know that seems like a wasted character but yeah, I mean, well, I don't think they could possibly do that because Nancy was the fucking badass of mm. season one. You know what I mean? She's still going to be the badass in this I, season. Yeah, I think so. Like, she's just, I mean, even she's the, a violent person. I mean, even in the trailer, there's that shot of Hop throwing her a rifle and she's like, well, I got a motherfucker. So I, she's, oh, I didn't she's see gonna, that. She's going to be the badass still. Yeah. Well, I unless they so. threw, Unless they threw that clip in as a misdirect. It's actually been thrown to Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, the part that really, I mean, the fan service, it's fine. And it, if it led them to... Um, inspiration for what is a very true feeling and sentiment for her character. That's fine. But what made me furious is that Steve, who we have already seen, has a tremendous arc. Uh, he's still arcing, but it's 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 got a nice uh, you know cogent to it, or whatever mm-hmm. the fucking math term is. And but he says the same fucking thing. He always has the same plan when it comes to Barb. And it's driving me insane. Like, why is he that ignorant? Is he just a terrible person? But we know that he's not. So the first time she goes missing, when they get in that first argument, he says, uh, can you not mention the drinking? Because I don't want my dad to be upset. Very insensitive, right? That's mm-hmm. strike one. Strike two, but she didn't even get upset, but I did. She goes to He goes to apologize and make amends for being such an insensitive prick uh, for not thinking about Barb. It's like the next day. And he's like, I'm really sorry. I forgot about Barb. Everybody talked like I got something to say. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, can we just go see a movie? You know, he tries to ask her on a date after apologizing. And then this time, she's mourning Barb again the day after they go visit Barb's parents. And his plan? What's fucking Wonder Boyfriend say? The third time she breaks down about Barb. Anybody? Anybody? I'll say it. Can we just ignore it and have a party tonight and be normal teenagers just mm-hmm. for one day, even though I say this every single fucking time you say this? I think it's okay, though, in this context. <sighs> I think it's okay because it shows, like, yes, he's part of the problem. It sets up that they can't say anything because the government's got them under their under its thumb, mm-hmm. and that's his concern. And so he doesn't know what to do, so he, you know, he goes back to his old bag of tricks, and then in the end of the episode, it blows up in his face. Yeah. And it, like that's the first time it actually like really blows up in his face, and I'm interested to see where that goes. That's true. I guess when I wrote the note about how angry I was, I hadn't seen at the, at the time. It looked like she was, you know, swallowing it, you know. Mm-hmm. So because she, yeah, she kind of she does hug him back. She's like, okay, yeah. She's like, all right, good deal. We never. I th- mean, I've never thought of that before, Steve. <laughs> his concerns. We are stupid teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> his concerns are kind of valid, though. Like she wants to be the whistleblower, you know, and rightfully so want to tell Barb's parents about the fact that her kid's dead they should stop looking 
but he is right. Like <laughs> you said that's so cynical. Like, your kid's dead. Quit looking. Save your money. Right. Well, don't sell your house in, in order to pay the. Uh, yeah. You know. I think you guys should adopt Chicago's. <laughs> um, but he does have the fair point. Like they're gonna kill us if we go tell people. Like, are they know, though? Both their assassins are dead. And they're not as pa- patriotic as Ted, bro. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> That's true. Zero salutes on either of their parts. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to uh, Lucas and Dustin uh, attempt to talk to Max. Um, it doesn't go very well. Uh, first, they decide to do it after class and after a hilarious exchange. And then later, when they finally do approach her, it goes horribly wrong. And Dustin... He makes a solid effort for a 13-year-old. I think but the word presumptuous was thrown. <laughs> yeah, a couple times. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, we decided, our group's a democracy. We're going to let you <laughs> trick-or-treat with us. Uh, what an honor. Yeah. And she, he's totally oblivious to her uh, wit and sarcasm. So she does seem a little taken by them, even mm-hmm. in this scene, though. And, or at least, uh, you know, wanting of friends. Sure. And I was struck by how... Uh, it sounds bad like she wouldn't be, but you know what I mean? Even for kids, she just seemed above average intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's going to be, it's just obvious now, I wish I'd said it last episode, but the new group member and like she's very much badassery in her future, I mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. uh, we would all agree here. Oh, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, cut to eleven. I mean, her name is Mad Max. It's pretty badass. That's pretty yeah, badass. That's true. Already, right off the rip, <laughs> named uh, after a Tom Hardy character. Thought <laughs> <laughs> that was Furiosa. So we cut to eleven watching uh, television. I didn't know what movie that was. The one that says Erica, the black and white. I don't, yeah, I can tell if that was a movie or like soap opera of yeah, some sort. It's true. She, she seems she, to be enjoying it. She's watching some Days of Our Lives. She's learning. So right. she's learning to speak. Uh, from the television, which is coincidentally how I learned to speak. Uh, <laughs> Eleven is like the cable guy. What's uh, the big word that they use that she repeats? Like, I'm going to remember that word. I don't recall. I uh, can't remember. What I were remember, you going to say, Andy? I don't remember either. I was going to say that uh, that's another example of her a uh, little overusing her powers. Just flip, flicking her head to flip that's the That's what I was referring to earlier. Yeah. I just couldn't quite grasp it. Yeah, it's like literally it's an arm's reach away. But who wouldn't do that? Just yeah. if you could. I mean, right. you just mentioned before when you were a kid, you were trying to psychically bring the remote to yeah. you. Like, so <laughs> of course zero evidence that psychic powers existed. Yeah. <laughs> so with her, way less retarded. I'm just super fat and lazy kid. <laughs> I mean, two peanut butter sandwiches and three root beers and I just, wish I had psychic powers. <laughs> um, anywho, yeah, uh, then we get a flashback. They're back to the good old tricks with the f- diegetic flashbacks. She opens the, the blinds, sees a squirrel on the squirrel feeder, which I don't picture Hopper being the type of guy to add like animal feeders to his home, but whatever. I feel like the squirrel could very easily trip a the tripwire. <laughs> you can imagine a squirrel yeah, just trying to get a yeah. nut, and then boom. Yeah. Oh, there's someone here, the government. <laughs> Not a goddamn squirrel. <laughs> How many squirrels are out here? And she's like more knowledgeable than him on nature. Probably many there's a lot <laughs> lots squirrels don't lie so yeah apparently we cut to the rest of what happened to her after she escaped the school she just lived in the fucking woods for months indeterminate mm-hmm. amount of time uh, yeah but I would at least many yeah. nights which now now there's a new joke like Steve you want to go to this party he's gonna be like does 11 shit in the woods <laughs> <laughs> no? I don't know. We don't see her. You think that'll catch on? We have to assume she's eating roasted squirrel. That'll run straight through you. I don't know if you know. That <laughs> does. It's a verified fact. 
so then she levitates a burning squirrel and like X-Men style. Like I got a very much uh, Magneto vibe there, except it's not a metal squirrel and flings it at his that face. That would be cooler. <laughs> I got two questions. One, who is this poor guy? I felt like they kind of made him sinister looking. Mm-hmm. Um, like a child molester or something? Is that Was I the only one that got that vibe? I mean, I didn't get that vibe, but I think you can pull that from really any type of backwoods hunter. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Let's it's, just be honest. That's always there. <laughs> okay, so there's that. That's probably just like Joe. Mm-hmm. This is a very small town, and she's just often people with squirrels in the well, woods. He's probably one of the people that has been feeding all these stories to Murray, where he's like, there's a Russian spy living in the woods attacking hunters. Oh, he did he that say fr- that? Yeah, he had like witnesses oh. corroborating that they'd seen this girl in the woods in the first episode. Air 5. Audio. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good pull, Steve. Very that's, good yeah. writing. Very yeah, good writing there. I'm impressed then, because before I was like, how would nobody notice? <laughs> Joe just gets up, his hat's gone. He's like, that was fucked up. <laughs> I am way drunker than I thought. I'm just going to go home. Martha! Because uh, yeah, they all have a wife named Martha. Um, then cut to... Uh, Why did you say that name? <laughs> Eugene. They were about to fight guys, but then he said Martha, and they suddenly stopped fighting. <laughs> Superman reference. Uh, Eugene, his his pumpkins are fucked up, too. In fact, so are Paul's and John's. Steve's and John's. And the Christensen's. So they think they're so dumb. They think there's this massive <laughs> pumpkin conspiracy rather than a very serious ecological disaster, yeah. <laughs> which I find interesting. I love how the, the first farmer's like, it's... It's Meryl. And then Meryl's yeah. like, no, it's Eugene. He did everything in retaliation. <laughs> yeah. So I, he thought I was talking shit. So then he got my pumpkins and everyone else's. <laughs> and the corn. And the green beans. <laughs> and some of the trees. I don't know how he's really good. <laughs> I don't know how he's doing it, but he needs to quit being a farmer because he's way better at this line of work. <laughs> he reminds me of that Gandalf fellow that Bob was in that one movie. Um, that was a magic powers joke. You can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> no, we're, no. You made the decision. We're leaving it in. All right, then I, then I get the Clint Eastwood music. Compromise. Halfway happy. Halfway happy. Boom. Bring it all back. Air five. Okay. We finally get to meet. I almost really tried to give you a high five. We finally get to meet Max's brother, who is Rob Lowe, apparently. Uh, but we call him Billy. In he this does instance. Look like Rob Lowe. He does. Uh, he, and yes, he uh, is uh, an asshole turns out psychotic dude. yeah fucking insane yeah he's a little bit extreme uh so yeah he's driving he like starts gunning it trying to force matt there's some backstory to where why they had to move to hawkins it he feels like why. they have like a sordid history yeah, I, like yeah a criminal yeah. one i'm guessing it, i just got that vibe mm-hmm. she's he's she's she, he says why why do we whose fault was it that we're stuck right, here and yours. She, yours. he's like just, Oh, we, we we both know whose fault it really was. Say it! Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when, he, when he whipped his head and like screamed at her, I kind of jumped a little. I peed a little. <laughs> <laughs> that scared me because it was so intense and sudden. Listeners, if you could see Steve right now, he's like wide-eyed and shaking. <laughs> he's got a Will-esque PTSD from the Billy scene. Uh, yeah, that was pretty crazy. And then he threatens to run over who he can tell or her friends-ish. Mm-hmm. And it looked to me like... If she hadn't swerved, he would have hit them. Right. Yeah. Which is either poor editing, which is not what the show's known for, or he's mm-hmm. psychotic. And uh, yeah, he's psychotic. 
Looking forward to more of Billy and seeing what's going on there. <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> that nice, well, young man. So then we cut back to Hopper uh, forsaking his promise to Eleven uh, by going pumpkin investigating. And he split up his uh, police force of two people, the sociopaths that we know and love, <laughs> to help investigate with him. I love the phone call that he makes to them uh, about what's going on. He's like, just it might be poison just to make sure you don't touch it without gloves. And then porn stashes in the background rubbing it with his fingers. And <laughs> oh, I'm so like, glad we have a new nickname for him. <laughs> porn stash is great. <laughs> well, I didn't make that. You've seen Orange is the New Black, right? Uh, some some of it. There's a character named Porn Stash. Oh, no, I haven't met that character. But he's kind of like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely sociopathic. I don't understand the plan there. He's like, you got any marker flags? It's going to be a long night. And just walk around and plant little yellow flags next to everything that's dead. Like, I thought for sure they were going to cut, pull back, and there's going to be like a pattern to all the Ooh, little flags like being a planted. Sign, yeah. Even more signs. I mean, there might be. We haven't seen we haven't seen the result of that action no yet. aerial shots yet andy you putting a flag on that prediction we're gonna get an aerial shot of this farmland no yellow flag you got it okay it's in the shape of a smiley face <laughs> what's what's the message it's, it says sorry love demogorgon <laughs> <laughs> my it's, bad it's steve-o with the thumbs up <laughs> from jackass uh, uh anyway um Jonathan and Will, that's the next thing we cut to in the car. He's dropping him off to go trick-or-treating, and they have an argument over whether or not Will can go alone. He's really tired of being stuck under everybody's thumb, even though he's currently slipping in and out of the upside down at all times. A little too early to strike for independence. That's all I'm arguing there, Will. But I get it. You're a kid. Jaybird's just like, you know what? Yeah, you go ahead and Uh, go. I'm really horny. I think I'm going to go to this party. I think you're going to be fine. So 9 o'clock? 9.30? No, 9 uh, Andy called him Jaybird. Yeah. <laughs> it's catching on. It's I catching. wrote down Jaybird. You're making, I hated it, but now I love it. I just I was sitting there watching that like, Jonathan, didn't, wasn't there like a whole thing last season where he went missing and you probably shouldn't just I know, but you got to go. think it's a year later and he's taken yeah, true. everywhere ever since. I probably would have slipped as an older brother way before now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fair point. Tell mom I took you home. I'm going to go over to and Jessica's house. Will did have a pretty good, you know, counterpoint. Like, oh, Nancy's not following Mike around. He's like, you're right. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That she's at the party, too. But before that, mm. they have a little debate about. I'm picking up what you're throwing down, William. <laughs> <laughs> good Double <thought>. brother score. <laughs> Fist bump me, bro. <laughs> uh, Jonathan and Will have a debate over Bob the Brain. Uh, Will seems to like him. Like, he's good for mom. He's a pretty cool guy. Jonathan's like, I don't know about that guy. What does mom see in him? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's no Lonnie, for sure. He doesn't like to party, but uh, he's a nice guy. What do you guys think about Bob the Brain? Uh, he's harmless and I think that that's what he that what the family needs you know so I'm scared you're scared what are you scared of I think he's gonna get his heart broken I mean he wasn't a real vampire Chris it was just a a costume (laughs) (laughs) he said he wanted to suck my blood um (laughs) no I think that Sean Astin is cast not only for his 80s with a 90% because of his 80s references, but also his acting skill. But yeah. also, he's such a sweet guy that it makes him actually being a government spy piece of shit very mm. heartbreaking. Because that we be... love Sean Astin. Oh, you think he's going to be a government spy? I think so. That's I good. mean, he is a brain. He's, he's smart enough. Maybe he was it's a smart true. enough talent that, that leaves they recruited room him. For Hopper and Nancy to get together. Last time I predicted that he would die, which I still think he will, but I also think he's never been the man that he seems. 
And that's just the vibe I've been getting. The way that they're painting him is this like Kenny Rogers loving Mr. Mom watching perfect guy. The only thing that threw me off. <laughs> I love w- how those are the criteria to make the perfect guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. The only thing that threw me off was in this episode, he tries to convince her to move to Maine. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Derry, Maine, which is a terrible idea. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, and that. Unless he was bluffing, that makes no sense for if he's like a Hawkins spy. Yeah. You know, like, let's move out. Unless he really fell in love with her. Ooh, that'd be a deep subplot. (laughs) 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 Just don't have time for it. It's all subtext. Uh, So, yeah, we can cut to that. I'm skipping a bunch of scenes here, but we'll just skip over it later. Uh, I asked it last time. Why doesn't Bob just pay to move him out of there? Why would they stay there? And he's offering. And Joyce, something's holding her back. What do you guys think is holding Joyce back? His career ambitions. Dude works at Radio Shack. She, okay. She's like, I'm pretty sure that they're going to like That's not gonna pan out. go bankrupt eventually. <laughs> no, he's got a couple decades of success ahead of him, at least for a good 401k. I think it's Hopper. Hopper? Yeah. I think, I mean, that's probably maybe on a subconscious level. Oh, you're going to fight me on this again, Steve? No, I'm, say, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, say, I'm saying I think what the priority for her staying is more to do with her kids. Like, she doesn't want to uproot her kids away from oh, their friends. Oh my God. Weak argument with what has transpired in that town. But those kids are good for William. Like literally. You take those kids away from Will, he becomes even, he feels even more like a freak. Yeah, but he would not be molested by interdimensional beings ever again. Who's to say he wouldn't? He's I'm sure kidding. they've got interdimensional beings in Maine. <laughs> there are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice throwback. <laughs> there are interdimensional vans offering candy to Will on a daily basis in Hawkins. <laughs> That's a sweet metaphor. It's with awful dark undertones. Okay. Uh, cut to the party with what I'm going to call negative Nancy. Negative Nancy. Well, that's what her costume was. <laughs> <laughs> negative Nancy. Do you know what her costume was supposed to be? I do. What is it? It's, uh, we can use that in Egos. Though, okay. If you want save, to. save it. Save it. I will save I really that. want to know. I didn't understand what it was. Yeah. She's just a regular old lady. Um, yeah, so Nancy is really pissed off, turns out, about the barb, let's just forget about it and party reference. As soon as she walks in there, takes a big old scoop of hooch. Start actually it was tiny. Fuel. <laughs> Fuel. <laughs> that was that was Nancy. Nancy goes into uh Upset party mode, which was my go-to back in the day. <laughs> I liked that was get, your card. To pull. Oh yeah, just for no reason. Just that's how I drank. I gotta get good and angry. We'll think about something sad and drink. <laughs> um, so she starts chugging down the fruit punch, and uh, she's like, "Oh, we're gonna have a fucking good time. It's party time. That's what you said, right?" Woo! And just <laughs> fucking chugs it and dances angrily into, which I've never seen before. Cute Nancy dancing angrily into a crowd of people. And making it work. I have to say, again, this is a few scenes later. Nancy, or Natalia Dyer, rather, did the best drunk girl performance I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it was like, oh, I was going to say it was almost too realistically drunk. Like, she just did amazing. Just like repeating the same thing over and over, even when it doesn't make sense. You know, right. like, yeah, it was. I'm so glad you guys said that because I was going to ask how you guys feel about it? Because I, I liked it, but I was like, I don't tell. I can't tell if I like it just because I like Nancy. Yeah. Or if it's because <laughs> like she's doing she's like knocking out of the park. I have <laughs> never seen one. I'm, I'm being I'm not being hyperbolic. This is dead serious. I'm 100 percent sure of this. In my life, I have never seen someone pretend to be drunk so well, ever. 
It was incredible. I work in a bar. It's bullshit. So I see drunk people on a daily basis. Bullshit. And I and I'm an alcoholic. I'm You're a, bullshit. I've been sober for six years. It's that's all exactly how it is. I'm like, sir, you can't pee on the bar. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> no, you've got your dick out. It's public. We have to go. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> like that is exactly how it is. But we got a huge bomb drop. Okay, well, we'll save that. I just wanted to nod to Natalia. Um, Tommy H is hanging out with Billy now. We did find that out. Fucking Tommy H. Where's Carol? Chugging the fuel. He dropped her. He's gay for Billy now. I mean, I don't blame him. Don't take Rob <laughs> I know. Am I right? And you see the abs? Dude was yes, sporting them. I did. He's got the V cut. I'm not going to say how long I looked, but I noticed. <laughs> um, more importantly, Mike is the new Lucas. He is pissed. His buddies are focusing on a girl. Uh, it exacerbates the knowledge that his girl is missing. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, he's not on the Mad Max train. Yeah. What could she, what could she do? Play Dig Dug? Yeah. My girl blows people's minds. Right. I can't wait till my girl shows up, snaps her neck with a flick of hers. It'd be cool. Then we'll, the gang will be back together. <laughs> I know. I feel like he's, you know, a little short term memory there. Oh, you guys are just all into this girl. Instead of the rest of the guys, always worried about that. We could do get walkie talkies, talk to her all the time, huh? Oh, I get the impression that Mike's just a piece of shit. You gonna build her a fort? <laughs> <laughs> just, just because we had that conversation about his parents, you know, saying like, "You've been acting up. You wouldn't be on my team, kiddo." And yeah. he's been acting out, and so he's been just this miserable fuck for the last yeah, year. I totally, yeah. it's eleven missing that's making him act like this. Oh, yeah. But I think, in the sense of like uh, recreation of beats from season one, mm-hmm. it's like similar to me. Yeah. Uh, that Max is 11 and uh, Mike is Lucas. It'll allow him to understand Lucas better and make their friendship more strong. Aww. The bonds <laughs> of friendship are getting stronger. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> That's a s- sweet song. <laughs> Who fucking sings in the middle of their podcast show? That's really awkward, Steve. Me. Uh, <laughs> So then we cut to Hopper's fucking late, tries to steal the little kid's candy and then offers to buy it, which was a moment. I thought for a second he was going to like pull his gun out. Like, give me the fucking candy, kid. Which I would have totally supported for some weird reason. Or he punched him. Just because it's Hopper. Yeah. Gives him the whole Hopper punch. The kid. uh, Boom. Boom. That's what he says. Hold your toy gun on me. I'll show you. (laughs) Tell your dad it was Eugene. (laughs) Yeah, the kid pulling the toy gun on the cop. It was a very, uh, some dark imagery for me personally. Oh, yeah. Today's zeitgeist. I don't want to bring the mood of the show down, but I wonder how much they thought about that. (laughs) Filming that, it was just so awkward for me. Um, Anyway, we're just going to move on there, but I just want to point out we did notice that. Why did it make you all feel awkward? Uh, do you really want to go there, Steve? <laughs> okay. I was like, seriously? Um, apparently, Hopper has taught 11 Morse code. Yeah. Which seems interesting. Um, like, does she know the normal alphabet yet? I guess he couldn't use a CB because people can pick up those channels. Mm-hmm. So that's why he taught her. Did you notice? Uh, never mind. Also in the ego section. Um, so, yeah, she just apparently she already I mean, I would assume she already knew she, he was late. Yeah. She would have to know the full alphabet because he's kind of teaching her how to spell compromise. Yeah. Right. Well, sort of. Yeah, if Thomas it. is a letter, then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to assume that that's already a, a word that she's learned. I'm sure it was. The first thing he did was teach her how to spell one of the seven words that she knew. <laughs> this All is right, how so, you spell friends. Yeah. This is friends don't lie. And <laughs> mouth breather is actually two words. Uh, is it? I don't know. I, it's I, a, it'd be a hyphenated word. Okay. If anything, right? 
Then he has to go into the whole hyphen? the whole thing about what a hyphen is. <laughs> and he's got a teacher how to spell that shit. No, that's an M dash. Um, you know what? Uh, then Will gets lost during his trick or treating, and I was really pleased with how they did that. So he's like, these people, you know, trick or treat freak, and like kind of shock him, which makes it very PTSD esque. Um, and the older kids freak him out into the upside down. But I loved how they edited that. He just fell over. And then as his back hit the ground, it just turned everything mm-hmm. into the upside down. Um, then he wanders around for a bit. The longest stint I've ever seen that he gets stuck there. And I was thinking it lost me for a second because I was like, dude, if I spent six days stuck in this place thinking I was never going to get out with these crazy monsters and they shove this fucking four foot long slimy phallus down my throat and I get stuck on the wall for another day. But da 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 da, I would be inconsolably freaked out Hmm. once I got back to reality. You know what I mean? And Hmm. if they cut back and that motherfucker's just like, oh, I'm cool. Sorry. I'm going to be furious. (laughs) Just had a moment. But he's like having a seizure and like unresponsive. And I was like, okay, thank you. Some realism here. I love it. Duffers are smart. I don't know why I doubted the duffers. Don't doubt the duffers. I want to know like what's actually happening to him in the real world while that's going on. Like, did they just see him running? Yeah. Get to go high? Screaming Mike. That's what I think. He's wandering because he was in the exact same spot right side up version when they woke him up mm-hmm. so I think he's just wandering around what if he just got hit by a car right because there's nothing yeah. in the upside down but the world's moving in yeah. reality so that'd be awful what a fucking crazy way to go when that would be when it started Coen and, Brothers. and he started running towards the house I thought he was going to run into the house and then come to and the people are going to be standing there holding their bowl of candy like uh <laughs> yeah, get your been, friend out of our house <laughs> that'd have been cool you, you've already been to this house <laughs> I didn't see that part in Ghostbusters he's like a Ted-esque what person do, what do you guys think about what the the Thessal Hydra is that what we're calling it yes. what do you think it looks like how do you think it looks like what, do you, what are your thoughts on it I it's weird. It, it was very um, amorphous. Smoky. Nebulous. Yes. It looked like the ring wraiths in Lord of the Rings, like when he puts the ring on, mm. the way that they look, like ill-defined borders and stuff, mm-hmm. which is weird. Uh, maybe that's just how it looks in his little... Ver- oh, that's kind of like what he's doing. I don't know why I got in that voice, like Jim <laughs> Caff again. <laughs> that's kind of what's going on. It's kind of like when uh, Frodo puts the ring on that's mm. going on right now. Like the Thessal Hydra can see him. Mm. But it can't really hurt him yet. But it's like putting him in that dark world mm-hmm. as totally. it's merging. So that's kind of the vibe I get. That he's the shadow realm. Yeah, he's connected <laughs> to the shadow realm, uh, and everything can see him. It's like a locator point. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's what I think. That's I, what's going on? I think in reality, the Thessal Hydra will be defined like the Demogorgon was. It's oh just yeah, the smokiness is just his hallucinations. What is? And there's also like a distinct noise that he keeps hearing. Yeah, it's like. Like it's a, it's like a more <laughs> a more mysterious sounding cricket chirping, uh, but he's like always looking around, and then the Thessalhydra comes out. Is it the same thing, or is it like I don't know some sort of? Is it completely different? It sounds like the little dinosaur that kills the guy I was referring to earlier in Jurassic Park. Compsognathuses when he's trying to hook up the winch. Is that what it's called? What? Oh, the Dilophosaurus. I thought you meant the oh. Lost World Jurassic Park, the little itty bitty ones. <laughs> the Dilophosaurus with the like the. Are you a dinosaur the, guy? The, yeah, yeah. No, I just love Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my favorite movie of all time. Oh, nice. My son's as well. Uh, and I'm on the Bible. It wasn't Drizzo, but so I'm on board with that. No, you, <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. so is my fucking stupid kid. <laughs> Your son has Steve. great taste. <laughs> it is. It's a perfect movie. Anywho, 
Um, cut to Nancy in her drunk red stain, as I called it. So, you know, they're getting a little tussle. She spills the red on her white outfit. You got red on you. And then <laughs> we get to the best drunk performance of all time. Won't stop saying that. Um, and then cut. We already talked about that. Cut back to uh, Mike and Will have a secret, which I didn't understand. I also got hung up on this scene. Uh, so Mike, who's kind of a little bitch right now, is really upset with his homies for having a friend. That's not him. Uh, but he's really upset every morning. Eleven, da 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 da. Takes Will like I'll take him because I'm a good friend and I'm bored yeah. of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this is, anyway, and then Will decides to confide confide what's going on with him all this time uh, with Mike, and he says the other two wouldn't understand, and mm-hmm. I don't think there's any evidence for that. Fuck you, Will. <laughs> pretty pretty tight knit crew of that I, from what I've seen. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, if Mike had said that, I might believe him because yeah. Mike was always at odds with specifically Lucas last sure. last season. Um, Dustin might get a little too nerdy about it for Will's taste. Maybe that's where he's coming from. I don't know. Like maybe Dustin might be like, "Oh, let's analyze it. What what type of D and D character to see in there?" Yeah. So maybe Will's just trying to awkwardly trying to avoid that conversation. I'm looking forward to when Dustin does find out because that's when we'll get. That's Hydra. Yeah. You know, if it is coming, which we think it is. Uh, I don't know. I just tiny minor nitpick I had. I just was like, hey, where, where are you getting that, bud? <laughs> and I also realized in that moment, it's something little, obvious, yeah. Will doesn't know Eleven. Because he's yeah. like, oh, was she yeah. like that? And you know, of course he doesn't. But I hadn't thought of that yet because mm-hmm. I'm waiting for her return. And I wonder mm-hmm. how they're going to handle that scene. Um, I'm actually really excited for Will and Eleven finally yeah. mm-hmm. meeting. That'll be cool because it's like the two, the, the two, only the two characters that have been to the upside down, other than Joyce and Hopper yeah. and, and um, Nancy, and Nancy and Jonathan. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. 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 I don't think Jonathan has. Oh no, that's right, Jonathan. He's he just stuck his hand in. Technically, he's no. got some plasma on him. That doesn't count. But but you know what I mean. Like those are t- characters sure. that have gone through like the crazy shit. Yeah. Um, and then the two of them together, that's going to be a cool interaction. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Jaybird. He apparently, I guess we can assume, picked up drunk Nancy at the party. Not in that kind of way. She's helping Mm -hmm. her out as a friend, takes her home, takes off her boots, puts covers on her. And I thought, I'm going to call it again. Apparently, I think everybody just wants to fuck everybody because that's how I am. But I'm going to call it now that there was some some tenderness there where she woke up in her drunken stupor. Jonathan, like, this guy, you're the guy. You're you're not bullshit. (laughs) Sweet hair. Yeah, that, that, sure. that one was pretty overt, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, there's the Oh, nice undercanny. Did you see how I did that, Steve? What? <laughs> Rather than relinquish it to me again, he's like, yes, but that one was obvious. No, I meant, <laughs> I meant in addition to... Like, this, this is just the episode that's setting up obvious love triangles, I think. Yeah. Like the mm-hmm. um, gooey eyes between Hopper and Joyce, and then this again. Um I, I don't know how I feel about Steve's whole like taking the drunk word as gospel. Like, what you don't love me? And she's like in the corner puking, like, Bleh! and he's like, Yo, I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> where's that yeah. common phrase? Uh, especially, I remember like when I was really young and in high school, people would be like, Well, you say what you mean when you're drunk. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steve's, I meant to Steve's say, probably from, buzzing too, you know? Yeah. So he's very. And also, he's a teenager and when. When that would your, be hurtful. Yeah, when it's your first love, yeah, you're gonna he's gonna he, kick the door down and he's gonna go listen to some dashboard confessional if they were around at that point. But yeah, they but. what's the equivalent in the '80s, Steve? 
The Cure? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, uh, Morrissey. He's gonna put on some Morrissey. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah, old Jaybird had a moment. Um, good thing he was there. I don't know what the fuck would happen, Nancy. You would have ended what up the with hell? Fuel Guy. <laughs> Where were her parents? Like this strange kid. Have they met Jonathan? I guess they're like, asleep. He just yeah, carries who Jonathan in. is. You know how Karen and Ted are. Once, yeah. once they get upstairs, they're like, shit, we can't follow. <laughs> they cross the threshold. The I wonder what it looks like up there. <laughs> Did parents. you notice this is this is something I, I found was weird. It's a little earlier, but when Jonathan gets to the party, he's like scoping out the place. He sees Nancy and uh, Steve jamming. But then the, that one lady, Samantha, she has a name, uh, introduces herself and he's like, Kiss. From the band, <laughs> but but that that, that scene moment. ends in an odd way. Like uh, it makes me wonder if there's like uh, if they cut that scene short, or if Samantha's going to come back and be yeah, that's true. They, in they some did way. give her a name, and it was awkward for her to greet him. It's like, who are you? Because then when he goes like for a kiss, it cuts back to her. She's like, ah, and she almost kind of opens her mouth to say something else, but then it cuts to the next scene so I'm wondering if that's Ooh. if there's like a deleted scene from that or something they're just in the editing room like boring <laughs> no one cares Samantha I, what if Nancy dumps uh, Steve for Jonathan but Jonathan's with Samantha kissing like Pinch. the band oh <laughs> that's what I predict this is getting uh. <laughs> I mean, uh, Andy said there's all sorts of love triangles going on. And that's square, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> we did. Well, he, he didn't even mention Lucas, Dustin, and Mad Max. Uh, that's They're true. Different. There is a lot of triangles, mm-hmm. which is the strongest shape. <laughs> <laughs> really, is it now? <laughs> when analysis goes wrong. Go on. <laughs> uh, speaking of really clever, you guys ready for this one? We got to Nancy is just as <laughs> Jane. <laughs> Jane watching Channel Eleven. Huh? Nice. Oh. She uses the TV and the little bunny here, bunny ears antennas to communicate, sort of, with Mike. Uh, a little frustrated there with her. I guess she's very timid. She knows how furious Hopper would be, but she just wants so badly to talk to Mike. So the best she can do is. She goes back to the inside out where she sees him, mm-hmm. uh, which, by the way, is how the whole rift in space time was opened. Right. It was her hanging out in that area. But well, I think it's because she actually made physical contact with the monster. Mm-hmm. That she was it. trying to touch Mike. Well, she's, well, she's looking for that rip in time and space with her and Mike. You know what I mean? It also could have been her extreme fear lashing out with some sort of untold power that she normally doesn't mm-hmm. when she has restraint. Um, what would happen if she touched Mike? I wonder what it's like to be 11. Open up the mic side down. <laughs> that sounds uncomfortably sexual for me, personally. Um, anyway, uh, cut back to Dustin ending with the kitty garbage can thing again. Muse, uh, which we Muse. didn't talk about last time either. And then he uh, opens the trash can. What's in the box? Little seven reference. Isn't it the same noise from uh, the upside down with Is Will? It? I think it's that same like... Like cricket noisy. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really cute, I'm calling it now, gizmo esque creature. Gizmo being the cute gremlin from Gremlins. 
and because uh, he didn't look like he was scared. Oh, and he's got his little thing. He's like, look, voila, it opens. He's going to put it in there. He's going to put it in the box. He's going to put it in the box. What's in the box? Oh. Is he going to feed it after midnight? Okay, Dustin is supposed to be a smart guy, but two things bother me in this episode because he was kind of the smartest of the kids with the compass thing and mm-hmm. like emotionally the smartest from season one. Didn't fucking know what presumptuous meant, right? Which was just comedic relief. It was a little not untrue to his character. He's street smart. Then he's pointing <laughs> what we all know is a fake gun replica from Ghostbusters into the trash can to protect himself. But that's a kid thing. Is that's it? a kid move. Is it? I did that. Is it? I did that. <laughs> I would have my I would have my toy guns and if I heard like a scary noise, I would like aim it at the area like, anyone there? This is a real gun. I'm armed. <laughs> yeah. I, I never did that. I did that. I'm not saying I was brave. Like I got like a knife and sharpened a stick into spears and made a palisade wall or anything. <laughs> I'm just, I would have went, Mom, <laughs> something in the trash can. You know, that's what I would have done. But I don't know. I just felt like, what are you going to do with a fucking plastic gun? I hope it's a monster. It's stupid. <laughs> anyway. And it's such a uh, binge TV show cut, too. Oh, yeah. Like, They're great at that. We're about to binge it. Oh, you are so going to watch episode three. Yeah. Which, you know. We are. We are. It could have cut, cut anywhere in that show, and I'd have been like, oh, my God. <laughs> that was genius. Actually, I thought How's she going to get that stain out? I thought the show was going to end after she goes to touch Mike, and he walks away, and there's I that like, pull-out shot of her still on the upside down. I thought that's where it was going to end, and it kept going. I'm like, oh, good, more. Cuts back to her crying. I thought it was great. Um, a great place to end that. Um, does 11 shit in the woods. I wrote it right there. <laughs> You're That's so going to catch that. on. Uh, uh, and then one quick correction from last episode. Not a correction, but just furthering uh, on a rewatch because I had to watch it with my son because I'm a terrible father of episode one. I no longer think the opening sequence is a bank because they're not carrying any money. Referring to Callie and the other warrior boys. Number eight. Yeah, number eight. I, I don't think it was a bank. That's just all I'm going to say on that. What do you think it is? I don't know. Some sort of research facility or a government institution, uh, which would make her less Library. evil, right? Because mm-hmm. she, she didn't hurt anybody with yeah. the falling rocks. That, that wasn't real. Which she either is so advanced she could choose to make it real or not, or that's all she can do. But they haven't yet hurt anybody. They didn't really steal anything. Yeah. There's no evidence that they're even bad at this point. And that makes sense. They're a ragtag, diverse group of people who are trying to get stick it to the man sure. trying to get that government agency absolutely and, and, and expose the truth kind of like uh what's that greenpeace or the people that like break into government testing facilities and let loose all the like PETA. is that PETA? i don't think so that's <laughs> the actual organization that helps animals oh. like legally but it helps quote unquote you know the crazies in PETA. <laughs> yeah. it's like sub PETA. you know so the underground operation sub PETA. PETA bread <laughs> <laughs> Sub sandwich. I didn't mean to do that. All right, moving on. Andy, surely to God, you can save this show and bring us to our next segment. Our next segment is the chocolate pudding. So that's where we pick our top three favorite moments for each episode. Um, so starting in hot at number three for me, starting hot, <laughs> uh, would have to be um, Dustin and Lucas introducing themselves to Mad Max. Just it was. So awkward and so lovable. Uh, they don't know uh, presumptuous, which was hysterical. He's a science guy. Cut him some slack. You know, everybody's got their thing. His isn't English. You know, that's right. fine. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, you know, a cute character moment is really funny. Um, it was like the beginning of uh, bringing the new character into the fold. So necessary. And I just love how they're like, 
they want so badly to talk to this girl, but they're awkward, pubescent kids and like trying to muster the courage and stuff. It's just, you know, I, I relate to it. I love it. What right about on. you, Steve? Uh, my number three is when Eleven goes into the uh, the in-between and visits Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a cool reveal that she can kind of force herself into that world now on her own just by like listening to some static and covering her eyes and with a bandana. Um, and it's just a really sweet moment that, and it's kind of cool knowing that every time Mike up to this point has felt Eleventh presence in some way, mm. it's kind of cool to think, well, maybe she actually was there this whole time and she does yeah. go and visit him and just to see how he's doing. And it's adorable. Do we wait? Now that you mentioned it, she just put that bandana on before to reach that level of power. She had to go into the isolation tank. Mm-hmm. So are we to assume that she's getting stronger or more attuned to her powers with age or? Yeah. I, mm. Cause she's using her powers all willy nilly now. Yeah. Maybe just she's changing channels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my number three is the, uh, the costume chaos that ensues when they show up to the school and realize that everyone, cause there's this very mature comedic beat where there's that second where you're like, wait, what's wrong? And then you realize slowly no one else is dressed up and you feel their embarrassment for them. Uh, yeah. Like Andy was talking about and just, you know, there's, are, there are many LOL moments in the show, but that was one of the purest for me. Yeah. Just a chuckle. I couldn't stop. <laughs> Andy, you're number two. Uh, my number two is 11 goes hunting. Um, <laughs> when they have the uh, diegetic flashback, when she sees chipmunk or squirrel, I'm not, I guess it's squirrel. a squirrel. Um, she sees that and then we cut back to 11 trying to uh, survive in the woods it was just such an epic because I knew that she when they lingered on the shot of the squirrel that she was going to kill it somehow but when it just launches like 30 yards and slams against this tree I literally went oh fuck yeah Yeah. you did (laughs) while we were watching (laughs) Andy had an outburst for sure (laughs) it was just like a damn moment for me and yeah I just it was epic she's such a badass yeah uh my number two is actually your number three Chris uh it's it's the costume shenanigans pretty much the point where they get to school and have the argument about the Ghostbusters like who's who yeah up through I keep glossing over that up era. through when Dustin's in the are hallway are you a huge Ghostbusters fan because you oh, yeah. knew all the names yeah. oh yeah love Ghostbusters and I love that argument they had specifically about Winston like when nobody like wants to be Winston it's like yeah no one does you're right <laughs> <laughs> for all the reasons that they mentioned Winston he is the group late he's not a scientist yeah <laughs> he's not funny Winston's the Hufflepuff of the Ghostbusters oh, oh that's a insult to Hufflepuff <laughs> insult to Cedric Diggory and his memory are we all gonna you. act like Hufflepuff's cool right now I is that am what we're doing? a Hufflepuff is that what we're doing oh I'm sorry I'm a Hufflepuff damn it okay. you <laughs> Okay. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> and Huffer's gonna huff, which sounds like... A- I mean, I like Winston, but if there is no com- comparison, like the other three are way cooler than yeah. Winston. Um, so I lo- like everything from that moment to when Dustin's in the hallway, like, when did people make these rules? Like, that? that's such a pure... Like you said, it's pure, it's funny, it's probably the funniest joke to me throughout the whole series, and I can relate to it like I mentioned earlier, like I relate to that moment so much, which is what makes it so funny. Yeah. You're going to call the nerds. Yeah. <laughs> I know the moms are taking the pictures too. We forgot to talk about that. Yeah, that was adorable. Who are you going to call? Saying Mike's like, no, I'm not doing it. Mom. God, I'm miserable. Fuck now. <laughs> uh, my number two is also squirrel hunting. Um, I just loved it. It, it, you know, shocked the hell out of me with the squirrel, but and the way that it was shot, the sound design when she uses her powers, because I don't think I've ever seen her use her powers off screen like that, except maybe when she caught Mike 
yeah. from the cliff. And that wasn't the same thing. So it was just like, you know, <laughs> and then just <laughs> <laughs> good, good noise for and, the, and the we learn a lot about 11. Uh, she's a survivor because mm-hmm. she ran into the boys as soon as she escaped Hawkins laboratory in season one in the rain. And she was like very much, I don't know what water is. I'm going to die looking at that moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> so wet. Oh, uncomfortable. Oh, there's tiny people in front of me now. That's weird. <laughs> I don't want to go back. Uh, all I know about her Coca-Cola's and cats and that you're neither of those things. And now, you know, she just immediately wanders out into the woods, starts cooking squirrel. How the fuck do you start fire? So the old, the, the, the hunter dude walks by. She knocks him out, steals his coat. I know. So awful. gangster. <laughs> oh, we get another da 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 video. <laughs> Andy, you make this one. Steve's busy on the Clint Eastwood soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andy, you're number one. Uh, my number one is absolutely 11 wants to go trick or treating. Uh, it's just the most adorable scene. The shows uh, any show has ever had uh, Harper, like has a heart, a- Harper Hopper has a heart attack when he turns and looks at and sees the ghost. And he's like, Oh shit. And she's just like ghost trick or treating. It's just the cutest thing ever. What about you, Steve? That's my number one as well. Yeah. It's such a good moment for Hopper and Eleven. It really solidifies their new connection as the father and daughter relationship there that they're taking on. Um, like you mentioned, the ghost thing is adorable, but even more so, the I love his little, like he teaches her compromise. Like, I'm sorry, kiddo, I can't do that. But I still love you. Ruffle yeah. her hair. And then she gives him that 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 look that she gives him back. Is this kind of like, yeah, you all right, Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really jealous now. I wish the ghost was my number one. And I, I'm glad it's not because you There's both have time. that. You both have <laughs> that. So I'm going to give it this one just to highlight it. Uh, mine was the opening sequence, 11 in the upside down. Because uh, fuck Steve. I think it was an incredibly shot sequence. It yeah. was. It was just that one <laughs> shot was bad. That's like the entire reason for it. And he just poking holes in it. <laughs> He's pretty good, except for how awful it was shot. What do you think, Chris? <laughs> Erasing notes. <laughs> um, I was just very impressed. I thought, I don't know how many of the episodes the Duffers typically direct, but I know that they wrote and directed this one. Mm. And I just think that they have just got an incredible eye for composition and flow. Not the character, but the word. a good eye for her, too. that's true Uh, I just love that opening sequence and I loved seeing her explore the upside down and it's terrifying because you know let's all be honest fuck Will (laughs) (laughs) but 11 stuck in there feeling the pain of the upside down that that gets me Mm. get her out of there that's what I'm thinking (laughs) get her out of there duffers get her somewhere warm and then she's in the freezing call. I'm like, okay. Why can't you put her in a world where there's halfway nothing happy. She's not in the upside down, but she's not in a warm house. I'm halfway happy. <laughs> and bringing it all back. See you bring it all back. Promise. Bring it all back. <laughs> uh, anywho. Uh, Steve, don't we have like a third segment, even though we're an hour and 17 minutes in? We do have a third segment. Oh. <laughs> it's called. <laughs> you want to hear it? <laughs> I do. It's called Easter Eggos, huh. where we watch the show and we write down any sort of cultural relevance uh, throwbacks that the Duffers or whatever the director is might have thrown into the episode. That sounds super sweet. This could be a shot that resembles a previous shot from a movie. It could be a name brand from the 80s. It could be a whole slew of things, and sometimes we make them up. Drop some knowledge bombs on us, bro. Drop some knowledge bombs. All right, well, obviously, there's Ghostbusters. They dress up like it. What? No. <laughs> so, we even got a Ray Parker Jr. song uh, at the very end of the credits. Nice. So, Notice uh, that. 
Yeah. <laughs> totally know who that is. That's that's the Ghostbusters theme yeah. song. That's Ray Parker's son. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Oh, you know him. <laughs> I know. Oh, you know the Parkers. Uh, a couple more low-hanging egos. Let's just, you know, in the interest of time, just fire through the low-hanging ones. Uh, there was a shot of the Terminator trailer on uh, the TV that Eleven was watching. Yes, there was. Was it a trailer? I think or it was like the an movie. ad or yeah. something. I thought it was the movie itself just on TV. I guess it wouldn't be. It was still in theaters. You're right. Uh, yeah, and there was like a voiceover guy like, he's coming. In a world. For you. <laughs> Isn't that just how it is in the movie? There's just a narrator. <laughs> James Cameron's like, he's a robot. <laughs> Every scene, Arnold Schwarzenegger is Terminator. <laughs> Look at those pecs. Uh, Did you know he's not even American? No homo. Uh, <laughs> anywho. He's Andy. Austrian. Andy. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, we get the return of Tommy H in this episode, and he is dressed up as a Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. What's guy that? What's from, that? Uh, What's that? Karate Kid. It's oh, okay. the uh, bad guys. What, uh, oh, shoot. What's the... Uh, What's the blonde kid's name in Karate I Kid? I don't know his name. I don't remember. Uh, but, he's, but he's the bad guy kid. He's the kid that Zatska he fights at the end. or whatever. Is that Zach? Person? No. Anywho. Sorry. <laughs> 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 just, we lost Andy to the upside down there. Just, uh, just yeah. remember, Andy's really smart. He recognized that that was Tommy H. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a couple of noticeable costumes in there. Um we see Mad Max is dressed up as Michael Myers from Halloween. Um, when Will is uh, walking and gets scared into the Upside Down, one of the uh, kids is dressed up as Jason. We get all kinds of horror uh, iconography in this episode. Yeah, there, there, there was there are some other costumes. There was a Pippi Longstockings. There was a Wonder Woman. Um, I didn't see Wonder Woman. Yeah, she was in the when when the drink gets spilled on Nancy. She's in the background behind Nancy. She didn't oh, even. Nice. She didn't even help. No, she's not wonderful. <laughs> or inspiring of wonder. No. <laughs> uh, I saw a mention of uh, the Viewmaster, which was the metaphor that Will uses to explain how he yeah. kind of journeys back into the Upside Down, which was this little clicky things he used to use as a kid. Um, uh, Radio Shack mention from Bob the Brain. And his, uh, bright future yeah, career. Yeah. Um, the Tom Cruise poster in Nancy's bedroom. And... The Halloween costume of her, uh, Steve and Nancy. Uh, he is Tom Cruise from Risky Business, mm. and oh. she's um, the young lady from Risky Business. I believe so. Oh, okay. That's nice. What, that's the exact little outfit that they she wears. They wore couples couples costume. costume. Couples costume. Um, and then a little meta a meta ego. The Morse code machine, whatever the fuck that is. I don't know. Andy, you're Heathkit Ham Shack. Um, sh- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heathkit Turkey Shack. It had uh, 11 on it, mm-hmm. which I thought was cute. Channel 11. Nice. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I got some deep dives whenever you guys are ready. Um, when the, uh, the farmers are complaining about the uh, pumpkin poisoning conspiracy. Ooh, farmer one? Yeah. One of the uh, cops says, it's it's our very own Chinatown here. He's still mine. Pornstash uh, said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, like the Roman Polanski movie? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Steve, you got one still? Uh, I'll just go through the, the, the songs that I picked up on. That'd be great. Uh, we had uh, Wango Tango. Wango by, Tango. By That's the when Nuge. Billy went crazy, right? Yep. yep. Ted Nugent. Yeah. I fucking hate Ted Nugent. I fucking hate Ted Nugent too, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> his music is okay. Ah. <laughs> um, we've got a Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue during the, uh, the first party scene. Um, Islands in the Stream by Dolly Parton was playing. You're a huge Dolly Parton fan. 
This one was not covered by the white strip, so <laughs> no. Good on um, you, Steve. Can't this, hide anymore. <laughs> I actually, I, I actually picked up that it was Dolly Parton just because she has a very distinct voice. Sure. Uh, and I only know the name of the song because it popped up in the subtitles. I'm like, right now, don't. Hopefully, no one knows that one. <laughs> um, and then um, I, I actually legit love this song because it's stupid. But uh, the other party Girls song, on film? Was Girls on Film by Duran Duran. Yeah. Girls on Film. <laughs> Which is porn or what? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I Girls on Film. That's a good song. I'll, I'll dig it. I'm digging. Can you dig it? Uh, there was one other couple's costume. I forgot. I forgot my note here. Uh, there was a Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy making out outside. <laughs> Which I thought was, was there a Raggedy Andy? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah! Oh, hell yeah! Get it, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think there might have been a poltergeist reference with the snowy TV, but I just always do that on the white noise on televisions and this show. But, you know, the way that it was framed with her head, in like enraptured mm-hmm. with it, you know, I yeah. just got that serious vibe. Uh, and I had Dustin's mom fresh in my mind. Yeah, did. <laughs> um, so I did some uh, deep digging, guys. Sort of. Uh, at one point when he's threatening to run over the gang of our protagonists, Billy says, might get some extra points. Da, 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 which is in reference to a 1975 film, Death Race 2000, oh. um, uh. where the whole point of the movie is that people run people yeah. over for points. Uh, I only know that because my mom was a sick lady and she used to drive me to school and like with an old lady across the street, she'd be like, oh, extra points. <laughs> I do that too, but I never knew where that reference yeah, came from. And that's why I asked her one day, mom, where is this like killing people points thing coming from? Death oh. race, bro. <laughs> it's like death race 2000, motherfucker. Have a good day at school. I love you. And then uh, let's rent that from the blockbuster. So we were talking about the car uh, that Billy drives last episode. It is a, well, I don't know what it is, but Mad Max's car in the movie is a V8 Interceptor, which is made to look like a Ford Falcon. And I bet you, your salt, or wherever that expression goes, it's kind of zoned out there. <laughs> bet your salt. salt. I think so. <laughs> in the winter, uh, that, that car is a Ford Falcon. I wondered Boom. that. I wondered Boom. if that was a Mad Max car. I haven't seen the original in does, years. Does he have a bird detail on the hood? <laughs> Because it should. Because I mean, Falcons are sweet, <laughs> pretty badass. Uh, and that <clears throat> is all of the egos that I have. Um, only other ones I have uh, when uh, Will is describing to Mike what it's like when he's flashing back to the upside down. He describes it as like being a viewmaster that's stuck between slides. And that's one of those little '80s toys where you hold it up to your eyes and you click it, and the little thing spins. <laughs> Andy, I don't want to. I don't want to burst this your is, bubble here. This is really awkward. This what? is awkward. We had a long conversation about that during this segment. Did we really? <laughs> no shit. Yeah. What the fuck was I doing? Oh, I was reading that Raggedy Andy thing. I'm sorry. I completely blanked on Okay, well, my last one. All right, here we go. Did you guys know that the car was modeled after a Mac? <laughs> when the fuck did you say that? I I, we talked about long. the whole thing and when it happened. and then It was the last time Chris went. <laughs> wow. Oh, my bad. Andy listens uh, okay. really well. So my last one. <laughs> it's in his ears. My last one is... Uh, Eleven hiding under the uh, fallen down tree, I think, is a nod to Lord of the Rings. Um, when Ooh. the uh, kids are hiding from the or the, the kids, kids, the hobbits are hiding from the ring raids. <laughs> Those rascals! Um, not just from the movie, but like even like the uh, cartoon back in the eighties, uh, they did the same thing. Oh, that's true. <clears throat> I wonder how much they're pulling from that now that Sean Astin's there. Yeah. The shadowy. I don't know. Maybe two, two Lord of the Rings references in this episode that don't have to do with Sean Astin. Anyway, Steve. Uh, I all the ones I have left are food based. 
Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, they're food based. Obviously, there's French a French toast there's invented a, in the eighties. <laughs> well, no, there's a there's a long discussion about Three Musketeers. Oh, uh, Dustin is a huge fan. He could eat nougat all day. <laughs> um, I also, by the way, loved that candy bar, and it was unpopular. I, felt I always like. hated it. Really? Yeah. 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 See, there you go. I hated it when I was a kid, but it's it, but I learned to love it. I love oh, okay. it now. Okay. It's one of those okay. things like as a child, you're like, no, I'm picky. I, I hate just like that they were soft. And I don't know. Yeah, they are. They're good. They're nice and airy. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice little puff to them. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, I also noticed um, one of the the, uh, the the fam the the ladies who hand out candy. She got a big old tub of Smarties. Nice. Is that what those were? Mm-hmm. I thought they were York peppermint patties, which I thought was strange. Is that the lady that says exterminators? Yes, yeah, that's exterminators <laughs> later. Yep, she's handing out Smarties, and uh, also right before uh, Eleven visits Mike when she's flipping through the TV, right before she gets to the static channel. There's a commercial like Oreos, America's favorite cookie. <laughs> Still I want to know what the commercial was. It was like, did somebody say bacon? I want to know what that was too. It had to be like, I wonder if it was like Wendy's or something. Wait, yeah, some sort of burger joint, like, obviously, but like but, fast food. Yeah, I, I was just well running through my uh, fat childhood memories. I'm like, <laughs> did McDonald's ever have bacon on a burger? I don't think it did. I had everything on that menu. <laughs> Dogs don't know it's not bacon. That's the bacon commercial. I oh, remember. also, uh, before Eleven was watching Frankenstein. That was a movie she was watching. Nice. The old black and white Frankenstein. There you go. Mm-hmm. Erica. That's the name she kept saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I picked up. Uh-huh. That's I love when she had her little, she's like repeating the lines back and like they had, say something in a British accent and she's like. Aghast. Aghast. That's I the know. word. Yeah, that was the word. <laughs> yeah, but she's actually British. Yeah, so she's funny. actually British. She just talked normal for a second. That was really good, Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that brings us to our close of There's chapter thing two. We should talk about though. Should beforehand. we? Yeah. What is it? Uh, Charlie Keaton got in the news. Oh this yeah. Weekend. Breaking news. Breaking Stranger Thing news. <laughs> this just in with from Steve. <laughs> Authorities are saying that Charlie Heaton. <laughs> no, apparently he tried to fly to the states. He's he's from England, so uh-huh. he flew from London, uh, landed in uh, America, and he got detained. Briefly, because he had traces of cocaine in his luggage. Traces? Just traces? Well, it said traces. Oh, so it just said some dust? They picked up some cocaine, and they couldn't hold him because it wasn't enough to go on. Because he's they, Charlie fucking Heaton. But they made him go back to England. Aww. So they're like, oh, you got a trace of dust, kid. Um, Turn your ass around and go back to go England. Go get some more. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's school rules here, kid, in America. Bring enough to share, or you don't bring any. American way. Send the man back to England for some nummies? Come on now. I know. He was just going to numb up in the, in the flight. It's Charlie Heaton parties. Who knew? Jonathan's, you know, maybe he's doing a little method acting. A little too dark. Jay Bird. Jay Bird. He's hitting the, the powder. Yeah. It's <laughs> cocaina. Isn't that what they call it in England? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, send your thoughts and prayers out to Charlie, who may like to party. Coke. Charlie Sheen. That's what we're going to call him. Sheen and... All right, he's <laughs> winning. All right, that brings us to it. And that's a solid end, I think. That is just about as strong as one can go at. Thank you, jokes. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we apparently cannot keep an episode under an hour and a half. Good thing for you folks, because you love listening to us as long as possible. Hopefully. If you love listening to us, if you're still listening uh, somehow, you can rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. That would be great. We'll give you a hundred bucks if you win. You got to <laughs> screenshot it and send it to yeah. streamingthingspod at gmail.com by November 1st. Just a little quick reminder about that. 100 bones. 100. And then you can just email that same address if you have any feedback whatsoever. We'd love to hear it. Uh, yeah, that's all you've got with us for 
that's just a butchered. That's so mad. Are you doing a Nancy impression right yes. now? Yes. Bullshit. It's bullshit. 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 The show's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>